Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. Time for another edition of Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee and myself here to talk about uh, a portfolio expectations, return expectations by investors uh, for the new year. Are they too high? Are the expectations too high? So Sean and I are going to riff on this a little bit from uh, an article we saw in uh, Investopedia a little bit back. So Sean, what's going on, my friend? How you doing this week? I'm doing well, man. Just uh, the calm before the storm with with the kids and their activities. Oh, yeah, very true, very true. Uh, so check this out. So you and I were talking about this a little bit, right? I know you've seen this, obviously. Are expectations too high by investors for portfolio return? Uh, and this was kind of an interesting article. We'll put a link to it in the show notes for people to check it out. But in your, tell us a little bit about the article and then also just in your practice, like, you know, what do you see? What do you take from it? Yeah, this was, this was actually sent to me from uh, Chris Cordova in our office. Uh, one of our senior advisors, and he's uh-huh. like, "Hey, he he just texted over. He's like, hey, check this article out. Uh, there's some there's some pretty interesting tidbits uh, in the article, and and what this article was, it was a it was a post from from a group called Visual Capitalist, and they polled 8,550 investors. They polled 2,700 advisors, and they wanted to really get down to what the you know the the focus of the of the poll was on domestic portfolio expectations. So what do you think that you should be earning and in your in your portfolio? And they did this globally. It wasn't just in the United States. It wasn't just here domestically. This was a global poll because they wanted to get viewpoints from people with in different different countries with different ideologies or whatever it may be. And surprisingly, the gap was the largest mm-hmm. in the United States. Yeah, so the expectation. So we're, we're wait, the United States was expecting more. Yeah. So no. the average, the average investor, <laughs> what they were expecting in comparison, what advisors expected return wise, was a pretty big gap. So to give you an idea, the S and P five hundred has returned eleven and a half percent annually. You know, average returns uh, between 1928 and 1922. So, like 94 or 20, years. 20. Or 2022, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. And now that return has come from approximately 6% of it's come from um, growth. And then the rest of it has come from dividends, right? So, um, you've got 11.5%. Average annual return over a 94-year period, 6% was from capital appreciation. The rest, approximately the rest was from dividends. Mm. So the average advisor's expectation was 7%. Okay. That a portfolio should be able to consistently earn 7% on average. Which is pretty darn good, I would think. You know, when you look at at average inflation over the same time, it was closer to 2.3%. Yeah, and even if we were a little higher at three or three and a half, not some of the crazy stuff we saw, but even so, that's still pretty good. You're still making money. Right. You're, still, you're still outpacing inflation, which is the whole goal in, re- in retirement. Create income, outpace inflation. The average investor in the United States expected to outperform the stock market by 4%. They they expected to get a 15% return on average. <laughs> well, like I said, the, the funny part about that, right, is that Americans have, you know, expecting more. We're, we're a little we're a little spoiled, let's be honest, 
right? Uh, but, you know, some of the numbers, if you're looking at some of this too, you know, there's some other countries where it was fairly wide. Japan, uh, not I mean not quite as wide, but it looked like they were 13% on their expectations, uh, but was getting about eight, right? So still a split, but not quite as far as apart as ours was. Yeah, and the the global average was, I mean, the advi- global average for advisor expectations was, mm-hmm. you know, 9%. Okay. Investor expectations were closer to 13. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's still a gap, but you know, if you look at it, the S&P 500, which is the largest index in the world, 11.5% was the average return. The capital appreciation of that index was 6%. And investors all over the world are expecting 14. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting how this breaks this down a little bit too, right? So there's a lot of information here, but there's the uh, arithmetic average, uh, the S&P over total different periods. And it's a little interesting the way it kind of chops it up. But from 2009 to 2023, it was like 12.13%, which again, pretty darn good. We had that, obviously we're on pretty good tear there, right? So, right. you know, there's, I mean, so what do we do about our expectations? I mean, I think working with an advisor, part of that is how do you manage that, not only for ourselves as the client, right, but how do you guys help us manage that as the advisor? Well, there's a, there's a problem here, right? So a lot of advisors lead off a return. They talk about return, return, return. Sure. Oh, here's your current portfolio. You're getting 8%. Oh, I can do better than that. Here's, uh, this portfolio can do 9 you know, and then... And then they go in and, and that's how they bring a new new family in. And when they don't hit that portfolio, all they've done is lead off of return. And when the when the returns aren't there or there's the next mousetrap that's going to do better or whatever it may be, now that, that client leaves. Our philosophy is a little different. So when you start to look at how do you get to your end goal, I just had a conversation with a family actually yesterday and they said, hey, we're pulling out 60 grand a year from our portfolio. Mm-hmm. We've got a million and a half. We're invested in the S&P 500 and we're invested in small companies uh, indexes. But we have no income strategy. The returns have been okay. They were great in 2023. They were really subpar in 2022. That scared us because we're still continuing to pull out income. Hmm. So returns are only part of the problem or part of the, the solution to the problem. The, the first thing that we need to make sure that we do is, all right, well, if you've got to create a certain level of income, how do you want to create that income? So let's look at all the choices, the options to create income, whether it's you know protected money or whether it's through dividends, whatever it may be. Let's come up with that solution first. And then let's figure out how your your investments need to be allocated, and you need to where you need to place your money. And by put, starting to put purpose to our assets, purpose to the dollars that we have, we can then create more clarity. And we don't feel like we need to run, 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 and get fifteen percent. Maybe our expectations temper a little bit because we're more comfortable with our incomes, and now we're we're back to reality. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on, obviously, in that and trying to manage those expectations. And obviously, when the industry sometimes suffers from a bit of the, let me get you in the door by talking about returns, that's not always the best avenue to take, right? When you really want to figure out what's the, what do I need? What is my plan? What do I need to make my lifestyle go? Like, we all are greedy and want more. But what do I truly need to make my lifestyle go? And then let's build a plan that accomplishes that without necessarily, you know, having those expectations through the roof. 
Exactly. And you look at, you know, a lot of the families we work with know how much they need monthly to live on to be comfortable. Uh, as long as we're accomplishing that goal and we're, we're still outpacing inflation, we're getting the returns that are expected. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a win-win. But if you think about it this way too, like, you know, if you're retired and you've got the incomes that you want, the incomes that you need, and you're able to do all of the things that you want to do without a big concern about where cash flow is going to come from or how you're going to get money out if there's a uh, an issue is a, an extra 100 grand or 50 grand in your portfolio value going to turn the needle for you probably not hmm. yeah well, we'll wrap it up with this. So this this one gentleman here, this uh, Jeremy Grantham, noted that he's talking about bubbles turning into super bubbles, right? Uh, and super bubbles, which is interesting. I hadn't really heard that that term, but I guess that makes sense. So, you know, the U.S., talking about a, a number of them, like the U.S. had obviously a super bubble in 1929. Uh, that was the, you know, the big the big crash. 2000, um, Japan had one in 89. Then, of course, we had the housing super bubble in the you know, 06 to, you know, 07, 08 era there. So he's talking about currently the U.S. is in its fourth super bubble of the last hundred years. So I'm assuming since there's only three mentioned here, 29, 2000, 2008, he's talking about currently, right? And so there's a lot of, you know, are, are, we, are we in a bubble because of the COVID spending still? Is there all this kind of stuff that's been – because it takes more than just a couple of years for this stuff to work out. But it's interesting, Sean. I guess my question is this. We've, we've heard for, what, two years now recession was coming, but yet the market seems to be doing all right. And it's very confusing to folks. Like, are is the recession coming? Have we overspent? It's really hard to figure out what in the world to do. Well, and we look at 2022 as a good indicator. I mean, the Fed did something that they've never done in in history, and they moved away from quantitative easing. They raised interest rates six times, I think it was in 2022, right? And and took us from a, a zero interest rate environment to where we are today. And now they're yeah, talking about maybe cutting a little bit this year. Slowly but surely cutting. But the right. only way to, to really maintain like huge, huge levels of growth is to just stay at that zero interest rates forever and, and keep quantitative easing. Well, that doesn't always work well for our economy because then you become overvalued, overinflated. And, and the 2022 correction was long run. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, it caused some pain short term. Sure, right. But at the same point in time, if you knew where your income was going to come from and you weren't tied into just indexes or whatever, and you'd had to sell off shares to create your cash flow, right? and you had a plan, you made it out alive. All right. Well, so it's all about a strategy, right? It's all about having a strategy, having a plan, uh, and working your way through this and managing expectations. Clearly a big piece of that. So if you got some questions and need some help, as always, don't forget to reach out to Sean and his team at ElevateMyRetirement.com. That's ElevateMyRetirement.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google platforms. I guess it's all on YouTube now. So, uh, yeah, check us out there and subscribe to the show. And you can find, again, all that information at ElevateMyRetirement.com. We'll put the uh, article in the show notes for folks to check that out as well. There's a lot of graphs and a lot of charts in there, some interesting stuff. Uh, Might get a little deep here in places, but uh, feel free to check that out. And, Sean, thanks for hanging out, brother. I always appreciate it. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate you. Always good stuff. And we'll be back with another episode here in a couple of weeks on Retirement Elevated with Sean. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisors.